Well, hey there, Cove Church. Welcome. Uh, if you're here for the first time, welcome back. If you're back a second time, uh, depending on when you listen to this, you could be under a few inches of snow, maybe even up to a foot of snow, uh, or maybe you're listening to it weeks or months later. Uh, for those of you listening uh, a, a, a little bit more recently, I want to extend a personal invite to you, and that is into our Lenten season. This connects us with the church worldwide uh, who has celebrated Lent for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so what, what is Lent? Lent really is a preparation time going into Easter. It begins on Ash Wednesday and culminates with our Good Friday service. And so certainly want to uh, invite you into both of those. In fact, if you would just block out in your calendar, Ash Wednesday to Good Friday, plan to join us. So Ash Wednesday, more in line, kind of a traditional Ash Wednesday service that we've had the last couple of years. Good Friday, like we've had the last couple of years, where the change is going to come in is those six weeks in between on Wednesday nights, midweek, uh, instead of breaking into individual Lent life groups, we're going to gather here corporately in round tables in the auditorium for a meal, very, very simple meal, soup, bread, for instance. Uh, in fact, you're welcome to bring your own kind of Lent friendly, depending on what you're doing in terms of fasting, uh, a time of worship and a time of teaching and dis, uh, table discussion. We're going to do this together uh, as a community. And what we're going to study there at Cove Church during those six Wednesday nights between Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are the firsts of Jesus. Uh, Pastor Brandon, what, what, is, what are the firsts of Jesus? Let me give you a hint. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, first pull the plank out of your own eye before you try to pull the plank out of someone else's eye. And so Lent has this way of bringing us back to the basics in life, of kind of shedding all of those things that have gotten in the way to kind of slow the clock, maybe remove the fog. And what better way to go back to the basics than some of the basics of Jesus, where he comes along and he says, listen, before you do all of these other things, why don't you first do this? So join us for our Lent groups. We'll have all of the same tools, many of the same tools, our Lectio journals, our fasting guides, that sort of thing. So plan to join us. Let me pray for our time today. Uh, Holy Spirit, we need you. More than anything else, we need you today. We don't need some fancy message per se, <laughs> funny jokes, winsome personality. Holy Spirit, what we need is for you to speak to our hearts. That's what we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. So Cove Church, what do we do when we don't know what to do? What do we do when we take two steps back in the proverbial kind of two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, five steps back rhythm of life? You see, there are, there are some who turn the corner on this year and you're excited. You're full of anticipation and goals and dreams and maybe you feel like you have a word from the Lord. That is wonderful. There are others, however, who turn the corner on this year and you're experiencing pain. Maybe you've come through a brutal holiday season. Maybe you've come through a brutal 2023. And life seems halted for you. Movement forward has come to a grinding halt. Uh, it's been maybe unexpected for you. Perhaps things feel very much 
out of your control. I wonder perhaps if I could illustrate it this way. In uh, the world of aviation, uh, there are things, something called holding patterns. In fact, that's the title of my message today, holding patterns. Some of you have been uh, in flight. You've you've moved into a holding pattern. I did just some cursory research to find that there are multiple reasons that a plane will go into holding patterns. One could be weather related. Uh, two, it, it could be uh, that the plane is too heavy. So a, a, a plane that's going to go a long distance will load up on fuel. Fuel is very heavy. Uh, shortly after takeoff, it gets diverted for one emergency or another. It needs to land, but it's too heavy. And so since it's still illegal to throw luggage and bodies out of airplanes, uh, they, they need to burn fuel. They need to jettison some fuel. In fact, I've even found that there are new ways that instead of burning fuel that they can actually just dump fuel in order to get that plane light enough to land. Maybe there's a head of state that needs room. They've landed and so they put all other planes as a matter of safety kind of in a, in a holding pattern. It could be... Um, it could be any number, it could be a jam, uh, too many planes, maybe a bunch of other planes because of whether they get diverted to a certain airport. And so there's a log jam of other planes on the ground and you get sent into, I get sent into a holding pattern. That holding pattern, I didn't, I didn't know this fully, but generally it's restricted airspace. It's at a certain elevation because there's other planes around and it usually is in an oval. And so if you've ever been on a plane, you're like, Hey, there's my house again. Or didn't I just see that mountain like five minutes ago? You've probably been in a holding pattern. I remember some years ago, Joy and I were um, flying from the East Coast to the West Coast and our plane, because of weather, got diverted. And I think it was like from Denver to, of all places, Wyoming. We had never been there and uh, we could see out the window we were flying in to this incredible gray, stormy cloud just before the uh, pilot got on and said, hey, we're going to need everyone to sit down and buckle up because it's going to get a little, bit, a little rough. And we were actually in a little bit of a holding pattern, but weather was so bad they had to get us on the ground as quickly as they, uh, you, you know, they could. And so we taxied, we stopped uh, at the gate and, and people you know, stood up like they normally do to get off of the plane. And one of the flight attendants actually got on the intercom and said, we're going to need everyone to sit down because the plane is still moving. Well, it had stopped, but it was still moving because the wind was so violent, it was shaking the plane. It felt like it was still taxing. And these holding patterns, real holding patterns on a plane, we can feel out of control. We can feel frustrated. We just missed that business meeting. We, we miss our family. We're tired. We want to get home. We look out the window and we see the rest of the world moving and we're stuck in a holding pattern. What do we do, Cope Church? What do we do in life if we use this illustration? When the door that seemed wide open is now closed. What do we do when that primary relationship is stuck? What do we do when that primary relationship in our life ends? when we experience a health setback that, that, that throws the brakes on our work and our activity and our plans, our hopes, dreams, and desires. When we lose someone we love unexpectedly and life seems to stop. So what I wanna do is I wanna give us our big idea today. I wanna read our text and then I wanna pull maybe some myths, kind of debunk some myths of holding patterns in life. So our big idea today is this, every holding pattern in life will return us to the vital issue of trusting God for timing, wisdom, and direction. 
Our text today is Acts chapter 16, verses 5 through 10. I'm reading from the Common English Bible. You can see how it compares to the one that's in front of you. The Bible says this, Paul and his companions traveled through the regions of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit kept them from speaking the word in the province of Asia. Cope Church, closed door. When they approached the province of Mysia, they tried to enter the province of Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them. Closed door number two. Passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas instead. A vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. He stood urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we, uh, this, is, this is Luke writing this, this, he's a travel companion of Paul. He says, we prepared to leave for the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. One of my favorite stories in all of the Bible of how God guides us and directs us in difficult circumstances. Paul finds himself in a holding pattern, if you will, co-church. He had a heart for Asia, and God says, no. He has a heart to share the good news of Jesus in Bithynia and the spirit of Jesus says, no, imagine that, Cove Church. Um, imagine the wrestling that's going on, how halting that could feel and sense for Paul. Finally, God gives Paul a vision of a man from Macedonia begging Paul to come and help them. What do we do when we enter what feels like a holding pattern? feels like a, a full stop, a painful place that seems to pour concrete into the shoes of life. Remember our big idea today, every holding pattern in life will return us to the vital issue of trusting God for timing, wisdom, and direction. Let me address four myths, Cove Church, and then I want to share with you the rest of the story concerning Acts chapter 16. Myth number one, we can, we can glean these from our text in Acts 16 and from other precepts and truths in the Bible. The first myth is this, my circumstances are unique myth. Friends, some, sometimes in holding patterns, in painful moments, in the stuckness of slam doors and opportunity, we may be tempted to say, no one understands. No one understands me. No one understands my circumstances. I, this is, I realize other people have been through other things, but this is completely new and novel and unique. As one of your pastors, I want to be gentle but firm on this. I want to remind us, I've said this before, Cove Church, you are unique. You, you have a, an individual thumbprint and yet the Bible would come along and say of your circumstances, there is nothing new under the sun. I want us to notice that Paul's circumstances are remarkable, but they are not novel. In fact, I love that this is in the Bible. And one of the reasons that so many of us resonate with Acts 16, our text today, is because so many of us have been through it. Millions and millions of Christ followers have been through exactly what the Apostle Paul went through. And so here's what I found, Co-Church. Often, those who will lean on this myth, they do so in order to justify their behavior within that holding pattern. My, my situation is unique. No one gets it. And therefore, I'm going to take this path that I want to take. I'm going to kick down this door or end this relationship or preempt this. I'm going to do it myself because no one else, my circumstances 
are unique. They wind up doing what feels good rather than what perhaps God considers good. That's number one. Number two is this. Time is not a my side myth. In holding patterns, the holding patterns, the narrative of the Bible, there seems to be kind of this period of time, this, this holding pattern, this holding tank, if you will. Man, in, in, in our culture feeds this myth right here, Coach Roots. It's like, we, we got to strike while the iron's hot. We got to keep moving. If, if I don't, someone else will. If, if that door is closed, then we, you know, we, we're, we're persistent. We kick it down. We do whatever it takes. Time is not our friend. We've got to move and make things happen. We have to make hay while the sun is up. And yet I think scripture tells us a different story, Coach Church. I want you to consider Moses was on the backside of the desert for 40 years before he fully walked in the destiny that God had for him as the deliverer of the children of Israel out of Egypt. David was anointed early on in his life, lived in the favor of King Saul, and then fell out of favor with King Saul and was hunted like a dog for years. He was on the lamb. He was on the run before he ascended to the throne. Jacob, after stealing from his brother, lying, cheating, he spent 20 years under the roof of another thief named Laban before he fully began to walk in his destiny as the father of the children of Israel. Jonah, from the time he was called till the time he preached repentance in Nineveh, there was, he had to go through a few things. Some of you know the story well. Paul, the apostle Paul, the same apostle Paul from Acts chapter 16, the Bible tells us, tells us there was 14 years from the time that God saved him and called him till the time he fully walked out the bulk of his ministry. For those, Cove Church, what's the point, Pastor Brandon? For those ready to rush back in. For those who have this, this drive and this need to rebound relationally, perhaps. He's the only one or she's the only one. If I don't do it now, it's, you know, it's now or never. I want to remind us this. Time is your friend. Part of the reasons we often make bad decisions when we're knocked back to square one, we're knocked to the floor, we're in a holding pattern, is all of us can make self-absorbed decisions in our pain. It's human nature, friends. We, we wanna rush things, we, we, and we wanna rush things because we're in pain, and I don't wanna experience the pain any longer. So especially, as we look at ver these six verses, I notice this, we read these six verses in a matter of seconds, but it's more than likely that this was a matter of weeks, more likely months, maybe even years for the apostle Paul, this season of his life, this holding pattern of his life. And I love that we don't see the apostle Paul kicking those doors down. We're not told that he made short-term decisions that disrupted his long-term future. He continued to trust the Lord. He continued to preach the gospel. He didn't try to rush time. And especially for those then, 
Cove Church starting over relationally, or maybe you're in this kind of stuck, kind of standoffish primary relationship. Remember this, rushing to greener pastures is not the answer. Time is your friend. For those experiencing loss of some kind, loss of relationship, loss of a loved one, loss of health, taking time to grieve is so, so important. How many of us live life one ungrieved loss after another time is your friend? That's number two. Number three is this, the sit and wait myth. This seems like the other side of the time is not on my side myth, but it's, it's really not. Often, Cove Church, when we get discouraged with God and, and our direction in life and what seem to be, you know, kind of closed doors in spite of what, what we sense God has called us to do, our tendency can be to kind of throw up our hands, quit, and sit, sit down and just wait. In fact, I've heard people say, and I've said even myself, well, God knows my address. He can come find me then. This door is closed. God knows where I'm at. And we move into this mode of sit and wait rather than go and make. Notice the Apostle Paul keeps moving. This is what I call gospel movement or kingdom movement. He continues to move in the direction he senses God has called him to go all while bringing the gospel. We know that it's always effective to go and make disciples, Matthew 28 and Mark 16. There, in neither one of those texts, if you go and read them, <laughs> does, does the Lord say, put this qualification on, go and make disciples only if the door is open. The apostle Paul doesn't sit and wait. He continues to move amidst closed doors. He doesn't sit down, doesn't throw up his hands. He keeps moving. Cove Church, do we keep moving? That's number three. Number four, finally, is the closed door equals a dead end myth. Well, that's it. The door's closed. This must be the end of the road. Maybe that's not what God had called me to. Maybe I missed God altogether. This must be God, you know, saying an absolute definitive no on kind of all things related to this. You know, one of the things that I noticed in my brief study of holding patterns in the aviation world is that um, in those times, we might be sitting back frustrated, but those pilots are more active than they've ever been. It's not time to put it on autopilot, man. They're checking gauges. They're communicating. Uh, it, they're, they're moving. There's a lot that they're doing in the co cockpit. Paul knew that he needed to carry the gospel into new territories. And Cove Church, remember this. The gospel eventually made it to Asia. The gospel eventually made it to Bithynia where the spirit of Jesus said, you're not gonna go there. But it wasn't going to happen at that particular time. It was gonna happen in God's time. Sometimes, Cove Church, what am I saying? Sometimes the, the answer isn't now or never. It's not yet. In fact, I would say this. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to lean in. Young and old, middle school, high school. In fact, if you're in grade school and you're sitting there looking out maybe at the snow with mom and dad because we all couldn't make it to church, I want you to hear this. God can be trusted to get you where you need to go. In fact, I wanna modify our big idea today. So it would go like this. Every holding pattern in life, will return us to the vital issue of trusting God for timing, wisdom, and direction. And God is completely trustworthy to get us 
to our destination. I wanna end this way, Co-Church. I wanna share with you the rest of the story. There's so much more I could say about this idea of holding patterns, but let me share the end of Acts, this Acts 16 story, because Paul didn't try to rush time or jump ship. He didn't throw up his hands. He didn't try to kick down doors. Rather, he trusted God for timing and wisdom and direction. Part of the result is the gospel exploded around the Mediterranean rim in such vast ways that it, that it, it resounds still today. Lives were saved. People were baptized. Churches were planted. And some 2,000 years later, we continue to be encouraged by, receive direction and, and comfort and edification from letters that Paul wrote to those churches that he planted, Philippi, Thessalonica, Corinth, and Ephesus. Because he understood that God could be trusted to get him to his final destination. How about you, Cove Church? What would life, how would life have been different for you had you handled your previous holding pattern this way? Further, how might life look different if you handle your current holding pattern this way? Because God can be trusted to get you to your destination. Let me pray for us. Jesus, for those who turn the corner on this year, excited, full of faith and anticipation, maybe this message doesn't really land with them, but they might know someone who's in a holding pattern. They might know someone who's had the wind knocked out of them. They might know someone who's going through a, a tragic, sudden transition in life. It's been five steps back. And for the one listening, or that is their story, they would say, I am in a holding pattern and I've wondered what to do. And I've, and I've wondered how to kind of get out of this pain and I've wondered how to pray and I've wondered how to trust God. They've, they've longed for some handles to hang on to. I pray that this word from you, this word of encouragement that you can be trusted to get us to our destination, that we can turn to you for timing and wisdom and direction. Lord, I pray that you would embed that seed, that truth deep in their spirit. Lord, I pray that you would heal pain. Lord, I pray the one who's grieving that you, or doesn't even know how to grieve. What does that even look like, God, that you would help them to grieve? Lord, for the one just staring at closed doors and the timing just seems so off, Lord, I pray that you would remind them that time is their friend, that they get to keep moving gospel movement they, keep, they get to keep moving in the direction of what you've called us all to do, to love you, to love others, to go and make disciples, to serve one another, love one another, forgive one another. There's gospel movement to be had and we get to trust you with the rest. We love you, Lord. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, Cope Church.